Welcome back to On the Mic with Mike Peters. Hope everybody's doing well with the coronavirus. Uh, hope we don't have it. That would be a drag. But I don't. Yeah, my cats kind of wish I do. So they're jerks. They talk to me. It's, it's, I'm not well. Life is just sad. But you know, it's not sad. I had Rashid Wesley in. He's my guest this week. He is a really funny guy from Williamsport. We hit it off. It was kind of like a blind date, and I felt sparks. So I'm really excited. Uh, Rashid is organizing the Biltown Comedy Festival with a few other guys in Williamsport. And sadly, that's had to be rescheduled. So they're waiting on a new date. He's hoping for August. But with all the coronavirus going on, everything's getting canceled and rescheduled. And this, sadly, is one of the victims. But he is a great guy. We talked about everything from Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson, Martin, and Tyler Perry. Because I'm a white guy. I, I know all about this stuff. But Rashid is really funny. You're going to love this one. So have fun and follow along on social media. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom. I hope they let me in. Thanks for coming to my college. Well, no problem, dude. Is this the first time in Mansfield? The first time in Mansfield ever, man. What's your What's your impression? <sighs> a lot of hills, bro. <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> I'm like, we're driving up here, and I'm like, who the fuck builds a college in the side of a mountain, bro? <laughs> like, who does that shit? It's like that is the cardio. Like we had to do. I, I graduated from here in 2005, mm-hmm. so we were required to take two gym classes. <laughs> they should have just had us walk okay, the hill back. Walk, yeah, dog. You know, because it takes you about a half an hour to get up the hill. Your gym class is parking at the roll bottom. down. Yeah, yeah. Your gym class is parking at the bottom of the hill. Right. Walk the class and then walk back home. Yeah. Gym done. I can't imagine this place existing without cars. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think this is honestly like the weirdest thing is like in my head I was imagining all the students as like those mountain goats. Yeah, like the ones who like jump from cliff to cliff, and I, I'm like, that's only we can. Get I did go to school with a couple mountain goats, <laughs> so we're in the country, man. I mean, you happens. never know, dude. You yeah. never know. This is a treat. This is the first time I've interviewed somebody who I've never met before. Yeah, and this is my first podcast. So this year, and again, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you told me this earlier, yeah. and I still regret having you on here. <laughs> this, but hopefully, it'll turn out well. Well, yeah. I don't know. And honestly, you, you never forget your first, which is oh. great. Oh, uh, that, that's depressing for me. The only question is, <laughs> I just have a question. Are Uh-oh. you going to call me later? Like, I just really want to know if you're going to wow. call me after this. Probably like, not for a couple days. I'm mean, like, what are we? Like, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Are we? I see. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. You're married. You're married, right? I mean, yeah, but like, you know. Well, how long have you been married? Actually, we do uh, a year and a couple months. Oh, so you we're been, new you, married. So you've been in the game before. Yeah. Like, I am completely removed from. I'm, I'm single. For, okay. Thank God for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but it's hard to. I have it's... no idea how to operate in a dating system anymore. Oh, neither do I. Because I'm just... still, I'm still going back in like 2002 times. <laughs> you know? Like you just hitting each other up on AIM still. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That's the only reason I have. I, I will only connect with people who have instant messages. <laughs> that's it. If you like my away message, yeah, like leave me a leave a little. There's link. more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're from Williamsport, right? I'm, I'm from Chester originally. I live oh, in Williamsport. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you're a Williamsport comedian. Yep. How's yep. the scene there? Honestly, it's really cool, man. I mean, it's you know, it's, it's as much as what you as what you would expect as anywhere. But like, we're coming up a lot. There's a lot of great guys out there that I'm really friends with, and you know, you make a lot of connections out that way. Like, and not like oh, business connections. Like, oh, yeah. I know so and so. I don't know so and so. But like. You make friends, and those friends become 
you know, people that you hang out with, talk to. I've always gravitated towards the guys who don't like just do comedy, but like study it and watch comedy nonstop and talk about jokes and talk about the art of it and talk about the mechanics. So there's a lot of those guys, you know, my friends like Chris Chimmer, Chris Williams, a lot of those guys, you know, Billy Kelly, Bill Russell, like we talk about this kind of stuff. So we become really close and we like kind of just make a make a group and we all work together. So the scene there is like really tight knit because there's not a lot. We don't have like a whole bunch of open mics. Right. So like we're always seeing each other every week, you know. So it's like it's an open mic, but comedians are all broken people. So it's really just like (laughs) it's really group therapy. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) Like every week. Yeah. Uh, Now I've heard great things about uh, the Civil War mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I've heard that's the best mic around. It's Thursdays. Yeah. Thursdays. uh, Civil War cider. I'm gonna try to go down there tomorrow. You should check it out, dude. It's yeah. Honestly. There's and the and the thing is it's always super supportive. Man, I, I need that. Oh yeah, no, it's really <laughs> well because the thing is like I I actually did my first New York open mic early last December, and I did my first New York open mics, and it was a whole different vibe in you the know? city. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's such a different vibe. I had never. It's more business like. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, I'm so used to, especially when I was starting out, I was so used to people walking out while yeah. I was performing just because they're going to smoke a cigarette. Yeah, and you're but used I, to it now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to hear what it's like. <laughs> So, but when I was in the city, it, it and it, it happened quickly. But yeah. people would do their set and leave. Yep. And then yep. I didn't really understand why they did that until I went to the next mic mm-hmm. and saw all the same people. I'm like, oh, no, they're just, they're just going the there to get to the next spot. Oh yeah, man. And and that was a, what I noticed. I'm like, everything is super business related, and and I have horror stories from one day. Like I performed yeah. in a utility closet. Uh, that's where their open mic was, and their their speaker was a little like. And, By the way, they love the air quotes on the podcast. Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> First time, huh? Yeah, definitely. I will not be calling you. <laughs> Damn it, man. I always make a mistake. <laughs> like, like there's always like quote unquote. Uh, uh, their amp was a little amp in one of those portable grills. Like right. with the with the dome lid, oh, so yeah, they yeah. like they prop the dome lid to like push the sound out, and they literally played a game called "What Does This Smell?" Oh my god! Because apparently the the, the room always has a smell. It's like "What Does This Smell?" And then they masked it with uh, air freshener, and then they actually said whoever guesses the scent of the air freshener gets an extra minute. Is it worth it? No, <laughs> it was <Okay>. terrible. <laughs> it was awful, and apparently it was crisp water. I remember that. It was oh, a geez. yeah. It was a it was a glade can. It was crisp water, and this dude got a minute, and I felt like it was rigged because the dude who won was actually like one of the guys who ran the mic. Of course, yeah. So I'm like, you yeah, what? And I paid, and I still paid five bucks. Uh, for this. That's the problem. Like, yeah, I got three minutes. And I, I think I did Broadway Comedy Club, and that was I did five that bucks. Yep. That, that was okay. And that was an art. Yeah, it was five bucks or a menu item. So I'm like, yeah. I'll just get a beer, which cost six dollars, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Drinking and then the New York Comedy Club was three bucks. I haven't, I haven't. And I haven't the other ones I did were just free. Yeah, yeah. You know, I Which think. Is nice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you just throw your hat in a, or you throw your name in a bucket. And you get picked. Yeah. Yeah. I just did my first show at Broadway Comedy Club. Uh, How'd it go? I was, good. Yo, I, I, Dante Nero was there. So that was fun. We had a lot of guys there. And, you know, I only got five minutes, and that's right. fine, dude. Like, I wanted to get that, that was a real test for me. Because my style is in comedy is I don't write like those quick jokes. Yeah. I write like whole bits and like a whole bit for me can take five minutes. So that was like my first test of, okay, look at 
a whole bunch of your bits and take your best three jokes out of each one and then put them all together. I did it and I was like, oh wow, okay, this is, this works. All right, fine. So that was a really it was a really good first test. Do you think that is going to affect your style going forward? It can. Okay. It can, I think it might only situationally. Like if I need it to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like if I really want to, if I have like a half an hour to kill or like an hour, God willing, I ever get to do an hour. If I really wanted to, then yeah, I could, I could just go the whole way in right. those bits. But like if there's somebody goes like, oh yeah, I want you to open for so and so, I'll give you five, 10. I'm like, okay, I got this five right here. I can make another five now that I know the process and put it all together and run. How old are you now? 26. How long have you been doing comedy? If I'm being honest, I've only been doing comedy for like maybe two years. Oh, okay. But the first time I did stand up was probably five years ago. At Millersville? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a semesterly program called Cinema Night Live. And I – this is a podcast, so I, 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 I'll be okay backtracking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. You're fine. So what – how I got into comedy first, I'd always, you know, comedians, we're always the weird kids. We always, like, kind of get picked on a little bit. And no, whatever. never. Never? I've, not at all? Not once, Not no. at all. You're no. the exception to the rule. I was high school quarterback, God and damn. I always had a girlfriend, and uh, everybody <laughs> loved me. So, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you know what? See, you're the, so you're the legend that I heard about. That's the one. You were yeah. the prophesied That's one. the one, yeah. Uh, see, man. I, nice I to meet you, by the way. Uh, see. Now you know why I'm not going to call you. Ah, uh, see. I'm uh, yeah, I'm not, yeah, you're out of my league. You're out of my league. But, like. <laughs> like, so I, I was always, like, getting picked on and stuff when I was younger. And then the day that I realized jokes are good was the day that I just decided – in my head, it was – it's funny. I honestly wrote my first set on accident. There was this one kid who always picked on me. And when I went home that day, I was just, like, so mad that I was thinking of all the jokes in my head about Oh, him. yeah. And I was like, you this – and – Yeah, the shower argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the Dan Soder shower arguments. Yep. <laughs> like, where you lose it. <laughs> but, um, like, so I was, like, thinking of all the things. And then the next day, he starts up. And I just tear into him. And I go – I let him have it. And I'm just like, holy shit. Yo, he's funny. And I'm like, okay, so Joe – Jokes are cool because they make people laugh and that makes you feel good. Not to mention it gets people to leave you alone. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, fine. But I never thought about doing comedy until I got to college where one night it was a Tuesday night. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was bored. My friend called me. It was me. almost yesterday. You're 26. Well, yeah, it was basically yesterday, <laughs> which is funny because it actually because I only graduated two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I graduated. Yeah. I graduated 2017 going on. So almost three years. But um, my friend hit me up and he was like, yo, dude, there's an improv troupe on campus. I know improv troops get a lot of bullshit. Right. <laughs> but it, I had a great time. And he was like, come to a show. I'm like, all right. So halfway through the show, I'm watching this joke. And it was about a toenail aficionado. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. <laughs> so, yeah. So at the end of the show, they said, we have auditions. I came on audition, made the troupe. I'm having fun doing that for that entire season. And then... My friend Juan, who was on the team, he was like, listen, you should do stand-up. And I'm like, what? No. Because they heard me talk about my dad yeah. and everything during like, rehearsals. And they're like, no, you should do it. I'm like, ah, I don't got nothing to say. And he looks at me dead now. He's like, oh, you thought this was a suggestion. No. Right. No, no. That's not how this works. And what I found out was the tradition is every member – of the improv troupe does cinema night live and does stand up. I just thought of all the stories I could think about of my dad and I did them and I'm I'm halfway through my first set doing it and I'm like, yeah, let's do this all the time. But I never actually had to look for ways to do more stand up until I got out of college and then now I'm like, 
all right, let me learn about everything. Like, forget just writing jokes. Let me craft a joke. And that's the thing. How did you find out about the Williamsport scene? Because it's not a huge scene. No, no. Um, you had to have been looking for it. No, I wasn't. Really? I literally stumbled it. My wife found it. My wife is more tapped in than I am. I'm. My wife lives has always lived in Williamsport. So when I graduated college, I moved out there uh, with her and she was like, hey, I know you miss doing stand-up. There's an open mic uh, run by this guy named uh, Eddie Krasnowski. Shout out to Eddie Krasnowski. He's a great dude. He's like a brother to me. I've and, heard different. Yeah, so you've heard Everybody different. I've talked to about him. He's the worst guy. I've never met the guy either. So like, like I'm going to meet him like after years and he goes, what a fucking asshole. What the hell, dude? <laughs> well, actually, uh, we were messing with each other uh, the other day. We had a show. And we were, like, just impromptu roasting each other. And if you ever meet uh, Yeti, he has, like, the biggest beard, scraggly-looking thing. And I looked up there, and I'm like, yo, you look like if I slapped you right now, four whole Doritos would fall out your beard. Like, <laughs> but, um... She kind of Doritos? Oh, definitely Cool Ranch. Okay, because I yeah. haven't eaten all day, so... Oh, yeah, just de- yo, you're, you're a fan of something. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to hang out with the guy. Oh, yeah, just in case. You oh, know? yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah, but uh, my wife was like, you want to do this uh, open mic run by this guy? I just wanted to see if I still had it. So I went up there and I did a cool 15 out of nowhere. And he's like, you've done this before. I'm like, I did it a couple times in college. He's like, all right, cool. That night's over. And I just think that's it. That was great. Then I found out he's doing another open mic at another place. I do that one. They asked me off my second open mic to open for Chris Thayer. No kidding. Yeah. And I'm like, and they gave me 20. I'm like, okay. Did you have 20? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Realist, like if you go back, because that was what, two years ago probably. Yeah, yeah. So you go back two years. How many of those minutes do you think you really had? Like, oh, dog, I had good? maybe four. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I mean, like, look, there was a but lot. But you don't of turn jokes it down. Like, yeah, no, take it. Like, you know, like I had a lot of good jokes in there. But if I look, dude, I look at jokes that I did six months ago, oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh no, like you know. So if I looked at what I did during that twenty, I'm like, bro, you had like maybe four really good jokes. Everything seemed like a punchline. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, everything seemed like a, a setup, a setup for yeah. a punch. And I did it, and ever since then, I've been, like, chasing this dragon that I haven't actually gotten yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just chasing what I know is going to be that dragon, which is just, like, doing stand-up all the time. I hope, and I just met you, but I hope you are the most successful comedian ever. Oh. Just, just so somebody could say, what sparked your interest? Toenails. Yeah, to- seriously? Toenails. That, that is it, what man. it was. I owe, I owe all my success to toenails. Oh, all my success to toe jam. Toenail aficionado. Yeah, toenail aficionado, dude. Like, my friend Juan Deal, he was doing a, a game, and it was radio. It was like radio center, radio call or whatever. And uh, basically, it was a guy pretending to be an expert in something, and three other people on the side would call into the radio station to ask him questions. And my friend Juan, just with this coolest voice, he's like from Guatemala, and he had like this really cool, chilled out vibe. And he just calls. He's like, "I myself am a toenail aficionado." And I'm like, "I'm like, like a ladies' man." Yeah, exactly. Like old school like, Ten Meadows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, Leon Phelps was the dude, dude. Like Leon Phelps. Oh yeah, ladies' I forgot, man. I forgot that's that's what his real name was. Yeah, that, yeah, ladies' man, Leon Phelps. Which honestly is an underrated movie. I never saw the movie. I just know this kid. Well, what, the, the chick who played Hillary Banks is in it. I know. I forget her n- real name though. Karen Parsons. That's her name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's in it. Yeah. I am I like IMDb when it comes to '90s TV. Okay, so you're okay, so you're yes. like me then. Yeah. I know everything yeah. about. We're the same shade and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love movies. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a crush on Karen Parsons when I was a young kid. You know, honestly, I Tatiana Ali too. I was about to say Gorgeous. Tatiana Ali was my Gorgeous. was me. Yeah. Actually, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I had a little thing for light skin Aunt Viv too. 
She was yeah, cool. Yeah. My light-skinned outfit. I never Dark-skinned got, I never was, was like interested. I mean, I never really got into the moms, I guess. Well, see, my wife is older than me, so oh, okay. I've you, always had so that. So you got a type. Yeah, I got a type, man. I, you know, I got gotcha. you. She was cool, but the funniest thing, I think Jada Pinkett was on that show for a little bit, like two episodes. Yeah, yeah a little bit. I just started like ha- like thinking Jada Pinkett was like super cute. Like in that girl, like did you see yeah. Girl's Trip? But I don't think so. If if go and watch Girl's Trip, because number one, you know, a lot of comedians give Tiffany Haddish bullshit. Yeah. Watch Girl's Trip and that will eradicate everything that you've heard someone say about her. She's in it and it's she's amazing. And I'm like like Jada Pinkett's in it, I'm like, holy shit, like you're funny too? Yeah. You're funny. That's wow. not fair. Yeah, you can't be both, man. Yeah. You can't be both. Like it's I notice all the cute comedians are usually not that funny. Oh, so that's why I'm not funny. <laughs> I get it. I get it now. It's fine. I love saying that to people because, like, either no matter where you fall, you get something good out of it. Yeah, yeah Like, yeah. okay, I'm that's, not funny, but I'm cute. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So. No, I, I liked, uh, I think I think it was Robin Gibbons ooh. on on Fresh Prince. Yeah. She, she was trying to uh, steal Will away from Lisa. Yep. And yep. I was like, wow. And she's in Blank Man. Yo, Blank Man was the Fucking movie. Great. J5. Oh, my so God. So good. And I think, I think it, are you a Marvel guy? Yes. Absolutely. So I think what they should do, Marvel should buy Blank oh, Man. Oh, no. And bring that. Put Could you MCU? imagine? Yeah, Blank yeah. Man? How awesome would that be? I'm terrified of having Blank Man and Black Panther in the same universe. You need to get, you need to get handy. Man from a living color. Oh, dude! And oh my god! They could have their own, <laughs> and the, the tiny oh. Avenger oh. was was Handyman's yeah. sidekick. Oh, did you, well, did you hear about like? Uh, Probably not. Well, because like speaking of black sitcoms, because you know like those old, you know like Living Color. Oh yeah, yeah. Living yeah. Single, like those. Shows. Yeah, I remember watching that a little bit. And House of is a House of Pain. That, that was no. later. That was okay, later. Okay. What, what um, was LL Cool J's show? Oh, in the house. That was in, in the, the house. house. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah Wayne's yeah. was on that one. Too. Yep. Okay. Well, apparently, apparently, uh, David Schwimmer, like he was like, they should do an all black reboot of Friends. Why? Well, not only that, people were like, dude, that was Living Single. Like okay, that was that's true. That's Living that's Single, true. dude. One of the actors was like, yo, you re-, like first off, we gave you the template. We came out first. What do you mean yeah. you don't know who we are? Like, so I'm like, I grew up on all those shows: Martin, Living Single, In the House. All those shows. So like, I, Plus, Friends had at least three black people in it, I think it over, nine, over 10 years. I think it was one. No, Charlie. Okay, we're going to go in this. Yeah. Uh, Ross no. was dating one, right? What's that? Didn't Ross have a black girl? It was Char- yeah. Charlie. Yep, okay. Um, and uh, remember Chandler's – Chandler had a boss. Oh. Uh, he was black. His name – you ever watch Scrubs? Yeah. Guy Hooch. Hooch was in Friends. Oh, wow. And, oh, no, yeah. He was the marketing – Chandler's marketing boss. Right. Okay. Uh, when he designed the shoes. I do remember Chandler. whatever. And uh, there had to have been another one. Oh, no. Uh, Joey and Ross were hitting on a black woman who was moving. Right. Three. Okay. 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 So Fine. it was three. Which, by the way, Scrubs is also one of my favorite shows. Oh, such a good show, dude. I, I love the end because you brought up Hooch. I love the last episode. He's like, Hooch really is crazy. <laughs> that Scrubs, I think, will always be the best season eight. It will yes. always be the yes. best finale I've ever watched. Oh, for sure. It's emotional. It's funny. It, it brings back. So many people that you know you loved and oh, you missed. Oh, for sure, yeah, dude. The song "Book of Love." Yep, that, that's actually I chose that to be my wedding song because of that episode. Oh my god, no lie, dude. That was one of my favorite songs ever. So I'm like, oh yeah, this is. I remember watching it when I was like 16, and I'm like, this is my wedding song. This right. is this is gonna be it. 
And yeah, this is one of my favorite shows ever. I have a, I have a good black friend in, I'm only allowed one per state. Yeah, only one. Only one per only state. One. But he's in Maryland <laughs> and I want, he hates Zach Braff. And Why? I just wanted, I wanted to have that relationship, the the Turk and JD, yep. and he would never watch the show. Oh. So like, I think we have it, but I can't confirm it because he, he yeah, will he, not watch Zach Braff. Honestly, breaks my heart. Well, all right. So my life is very strange. My best man was my ex girlfriend from high school. Okay. So yeah, so I, I, yeah. your face. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You can't. Y'all you can't, can't see, see his face. face. Yeah, it's, but his face is like okay. It was confused. All right. Well, because like the way we broke up was the most chill way ever. Um, After me. Yeah, because I was like, yo, do you want to? I literally called her, and I was supposed to go over her house later on that day. I'm like, yo. How long were you dating? A year and a half, actually. Okay. Yeah, but this is high school, so we're like freshman in the like middle of sophomore year. Right. And she looks at me. Well, I mean, I call her, and I'm like, yo, what are you doing? She's like, oh, nothing. When are you coming over? I'm like, oh, in a little while. Hey, I got a question. Yeah, what's up? You want to just be friends? Yeah, sure. Okay. You still coming over later? Yeah, I'll be over like four. Okay, cool. Click. That was the whole conversation. That was it. No backslides. No, you're getting back to nothing. They should write books on you. Yeah, I'm telling, dude. Like it, it is what, and we we actually became closer after we broke up. Like we became like better friends Amazing. after we broke up. Yeah. And I called her. I'm like, yo, do you want to be my my best man? She was like, yeah, sure. Do I have to like do anything? I'm like, I know you won't. So no. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I have no faith in you. No. I'm like, look, I know you're not gonna set up a bachelor party for me. I know you're not gonna want to write a speech. You're not even gonna want to give the speech if someone else writes it for you. So. So no, she's you like you can't wear white. You can't wear white. And the best part is, so it's my it's my guys, it's my two guy friends and her, and they're just like all in tuxedos, <laughs> like and we're all just like sitting there, like we all got dressed at my house for some reason. My wife decided to get a hotel room with the, the girls yeah. and get ready over there, and so like we're just drinking, <laughs> getting ready for this thing. And I feel like my wife put a curse on me because she didn't want me to get drunk. And no matter how much I drank, I didn't get drunk. I couldn't, and I was so mad. I was so mad. Like, we're sitting outside, passing around one bottle. This is before the wedding? Before the wedding. And we're, we tried so hard. And I'm sober as a judge for this entire wedding. Oh, I'm sure it was all nerves. Yeah. yeah, Yo, I was hyper vigilant. Like, I swear, I was like, it was like, uh, what's that movie with Angelina Jolie and the Assassins? Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? No. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. That's not. <laughs> I, Angelina is Jolie. Is Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No, no, not that one. Uh, shoot. Uh, it's the guy, the one who can curve bullets, like the, the one who can curve bullets. Oh, I don't know. Oh, shoot. It, there's a lot of people. There's like Commons in it. I don't James know. James McAvoy is in it. The only I thing I would say was, and that's wrong, but uh, can't, I can't think of it. Uh, yeah. Well, either way, like there's a part where he like, he finds out that he's like a world trained assassin and he like gets hyper aware and is able to see a fly flap its wings. And Meet Joe Black. I have no, no idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was that was the perfect. Meet Joe Black. That's the one. That yes, absolutely. That is the one exactly. How awesome about. would that have been? Yo, <laughs> never seen the movie. I just remember the. Yeah, that's, I, don't, I don't know if she was in it. Yeah, I don't even. Maybe she was. I have no clue. I don't know. It was weird. Was she on Fresh Prince? No. <laughs> oh no! I remember it, was, it was wanted. There was a, a lot of people didn't see that movie. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. You grew up in the nineties. Yep. Ninety. So, I was born in ninety three. What comedians inspired you? Oh, man. My first was Martin Lawrence. I, I started getting into comedy. From stand-up or Martin? From Martin, the okay. show. All right. So my first intro to comedy was, wasn't actually stand-up. It was just comedy writing, yeah. like watching shows. And I always found myself gravitating towards the really good funny stuff. And 
you know, like those jokes and delivery. Like, you know, how can you write a joke with the express purpose of performing it in a certain way? So I gravitated towards myself. And at, when I was growing up, no one was better at that than Martin Lawrence. He right? had a, a couple spe- I mean, a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he, was, he couldn't he be was stopped. Right, it's right before Chris Rock broke. Yep. And, and, and he, he was just stop. Yeah, it was Eddie Murphy. I mean, if you just go, I don't even know if it's a race thing. Oh, no, it but, is. Oh, it is. But for Eddie Murphy, I remember Eddie Murphy being huge and then Martin Lawrence and then Chris Rock. Yeah, like, mean, there were a couple white comedians or other comedians around, oh, yeah. but like I'm, I'm looking at my head and I'm like, I could tell, I could tell you what they were wearing. Yeah, yeah you, you like, knew who they like were. Martin Lawrence had a special wearing all like black leather. I it think. was, a, I remember, I think it was You So, uh, you so Crazy. Okay. And it was a black leather baseball jersey. Yeah, and he was yep. just completely sweat. Yep, head to super toe. sweaty yeah. that one. Yeah, like and it, it it is a race thing. Like me and my friends, we we actually like tried to map it out. There's only like one black superstar comedian at a time, except for right now where there's two. <laughs> at first, it was like Dick Gregory. Yeah. And then you had well, sometimes it might have been two. You had Dick Gregory. Then you had like Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor, yeah. And then after that, you had Eddie. Yeah. And then after Eddie, you had like Martin, and then you had Chris Rock, and then and then actually then I would say you really had the Kings of Comedy. Oh, okay, okay. And then you had you had uh, Chris Rock. I mean, uh, you had a Chappelle. You had Chappelle. Not all black guys look alike. You know, honestly, look, you can't tell me. (laughs) You can't tell me that if you look at like a vintage Dick Gregory picture and a vintage Richard Pryor picture, they don't kind of look alike. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, And then you had like Dave Chappelle, and then there was like this weird vacuum where there was a lot of guys who almost did it but didn't quite do it. Like Donald Glover was almost that guy, and then he went so many different directions. Because you realize I don't need it. And then you had Hannibal Burris, that was almost that guy. Yeah. And then you almost had a lot of guys, but then the one constant that was during that era that finally just like, no, I am that guy was Kevin. Yeah. Was Kevin Hart. So I mean, getting back to your original question, it was Martin was my original inspiration. And then my mom fucked up <laughs> and let me watch Kings of Comedy. Oh yeah. And I'm like, oh hell yeah. Bernie, Bernie Mac was that guy. Like they all had great sets. And yes, I do have a ranking of who had the best sets in that movie. All right, for me, Bernie, Cedric, Steve Harvey, and then D.L. Hughley. Okay. Those. And keep in mind, it's, it, they were yeah. all super close, but okay. like Bernie. Who, if you, now, like take those four, mm-hmm. can you rank them as best comedians or your favorite comedians? Or Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, it, I'm sure it's different. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Honestly, at one point, DL was at the bottom of my list, but then like he's been cranking out these specials. Like if you watch Contrarian, yeah, that is the first time I think in a really long time that I watched an hour long special and I didn't stop laughing like from beginning to end. So for me, it's Bernie Mac and actually DL Hughley's right behind him. If I had to rank those yeah. guys in particular, honestly, Cedric the Entertainer and Steve Harvey. Like so, the the ranking kind of flipped a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Cedric was on Steve Harvey's show, right? Mm-hmm. Steve Harvey's show. Yeah. Which involved another show that I watched. hated that show. What? Why? I hated that show. What? Uh, I didn't like Lori Beth Dimberg. Okay, yeah. I thought I'll she was complete. And, and in that. that era, so many of those shows had at least one overactor. Yeah. I hated And she was definitely like. hated was Family definitely. Matters because oh. they had two. 
Carl, and only when Carl and Steve got together, yep. I what couldn't stand there. those scenes because it was like I'll yell, I'll yell. It's and then it was just. Like, yeah. But Lori Beth Denberg, I liked her on. Remember all that? Of course. Yeah. So I liked yeah. her on that. Yeah. But and then I, I'm not a big Steve Harvey fan anyway. Yeah, me. But me, me. I think he's so. I like his. He story. He buys into his own hype. I like his story. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, I just I'm annoyed by how much I see him probably. Yeah. But I didn't like that show mostly because of Lori Beth Denberg. I hate how much you see Steve Harvey. Especially when he's not being funny. I, yeah. Like you see him all the time. And I'm like, dude, you're not even being funny. I don't 85%. remember him, honestly, as a comedian. I, that you was, know, like, because I didn't, I didn't grow up with Kings of Comedy. Right, right. You know, my formative years were George Carlin and In Living Color. Right. So you so were. So like Sandler. Yeah, yeah. And then Chris Rock came along. Yeah. So like those guys shaped me, not Kings of Comedy. Like right. I, I think I was in college before, you know, I went to college 2001, 2005. Right, right, okay. And a cameo in 2020. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, they, they, they did nothing for me. I know D.L. Hughley more than any of the other yeah. three. Well, because he's constantly putting yeah. things out. Like and there's a lot of activism too. Yeah, and that's what I really yeah. appreciate. Like that's what brought me back into him. Like I was like, okay, dude. Like D.L. Hughley is speaking up on issues, and I'm like, oh, well, at least somebody is. And then I started watching his stuff. I'm like, and you're still funny. You're yeah. you're fu- arguably funnier. Like I would say he's actually funnier now than he was back in Kings of Comedy. Well, he again, he was on uh, Fresh Prince as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he played. A, he was. A couple episodes he was Will's friend. Yeah, he was a comedian. Yeah, he yeah. came out and Will got the big break over him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And like that's who I grew up on and and actually you brought up uh all that. That was the first time I saw that comedy writing was attainable for kids. Yeah. Like I was like, oh like a kid can be funny. And some then, of those stories oh, on there I want to go back and, and study it more. Yeah. But like Keenan Thompson, he was obviously the breakout. That man's a legend. That man so is a good. legend. And I remember seeing him, and probably around the same time, on you know Mighty Ducks 2. Yeah. Yep. And because they had to have overlapped a little bit. Which is but weird because Jesse Smollett was also on that. I know. Yeah, that it was crazy? so weird. And uh, he was in the first one. I don't know if he, Jesse was in the second one. Because I think, I they, think he might have been in no, the No, you know, I, I know he wasn't because I, I had a joke not too long ago about Mighty Ducks <laughs> and how all those movies are basically the same. Oh, yeah. You, know, you follow sure. the format. Yeah. Uh, you, you get a, a, a ragtag group, group. You get a group of kids. Yeah. And you get a coach. Mm-hmm. They don't like the coach because, I don't know, he's coaching them. Right, of course. And then they, they, the coach does, has this inspirational speech. Yep. And they get along just well enough to, to win to- and then hear Queen at the end. Yep. <laughs> and then and every movie, queen. in every movie, queen. you're only allowed to have one or two black people. That's it. And the thing that bothers me the most is people noticed that pattern in Tyler Perry movies but didn't notice it before when oh, it was really? always the same. Uh, Boondocks came up with this one joke, and this is almost ten years that ago. That was Hughley, right? Uh, no, that was uh, Boondocks was uh, Aaron Magruder. Okay, now he was just a cartoonist, but okay. uh, he had this joke on the show, and it was every Tyler Perry movie is a God fearing woman married to an abusive, dark skinned, bald man. Dark skinned, bald man treats her like shit. She eventually leaves or is about to leave and runs into good guy, light skinned guy, like good light skinned guy who treats her like with love and affection. She leaves him, joins church, but being a good God fearing woman tries to work it out with her 
bald, dark-skinned husband one last time. While he's still treated like shit, he tries to hit her, at which point, good light-skinned guy breaks in, grabs him first before he can hit her, and then dark-skinned guy leaves. And then they live happily ever after. So where does Medea play into this? She's uh, she's threatening kids the entire movie. Okay, That's it. Okay, That's okay, just, she's right. just threatening children. Um, I, dude, I, I'm sorry, dude. I hate I, Tyler Perry. The only re- Perry. I've never watched Tyler Perry movie. Don't. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it up. The only thing I really hated about him right from the start mm-hmm. is the Tyler Perry presents. Yeah. And it's like, why do you need your name right out in front? And and I get yeah. it if he's trying to brand himself and market it, it's obviously done well for him. Yeah, but, my, but that's the part that annoyed me yeah. right away. And not to mention, why do you have to brand yourself? Because you're getting paid for this anyway. Oh, I know. What do you need to brand yourself? Dude, you are the main character. You're playing Medea, yeah, in all man. the movies. Yeah, like, you don't need to brand yourself anymore, bro. Like, you're literally the face of this. My thing is, and I hated his movies before. I thought yeah. they were all, like... Coon stuff like are they pandering? Super pandering. Yeah, like I'm like, dude, please show like black life is more complex than church and throwing hot grits on people. Coon style? Coon? It was coon. It was coon stuff. It was. (laughs) Am I allowed to say that? Honestly, I don't know. I've never heard this particular (laughs) instance. I'll give you. I've never heard that term. It's super cooning, dude. It's super. uh, uh, Spike Lee called it coonery buffoonery once. Tyler Perry. Yes. No called it coonery buffoonery. Yes. Wow. And that's all it is, bro. Like it's, dude. You're showing that black people only eat soul food. Go to church and stay in abusive relationships. And that's not true. Honestly, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Maybe look. Look, you're asking the wrong guy because I don't want to. I don't want to throw my people under the bus. But I mean, I've seen some good ones. I've seen some bad ones. Like, it's, I'm just, I'm just upset that like, like Michael Jordan's and his relationship didn't work. But for some reason, Mariah Carey's did for a while, yeah. and I'm upset about that. Well, I hate the blue collar commentary. Hate oh, it, dude. And I, I, I just, love Ron White. Was that I love Ron White? I, I think overall, yeah. I don't, I don't like it because I think. It's it's pandering. It's it's going. It's like mm. punching down a lot. It, it's they're making fun. Like the Jokes Larry the Cable the guy. Crowd. Larry the Cable guy is not. I mean, that's a complete character. Yeah, he's not he, like that at no. all. And he he went to University of Nebraska. What? And Wait, he went to college? Yes. So it's like <laughs> like that kind of stuff bothers me. And it's like you're doing that, and I get it financially. It's the greatest move they've ever done. Yeah. But it's like that irritates me a little bit. It's it's not true. Yeah. No, and that is really messed up, dude. Like. Because it, it, I guess, like, Larry the Cable Guy is your Tyler Perry. Like, Larry the Cable Guy presents. Yeah. yeah bullshit. <laughs> yeah, shit. <laughs> like, Larry the Cable Guy presents another left turn, the NASCAR story. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's, it's just like giving the world this stupid stereotype about the, your group on a platter and you it's hard for you to like say it's wrong because you keep laughing yeah and, and i think that's the problem with tyler perry it's hard for us to fight these stereotypes when we keep laughing we keep doing it and we keep doing it and then now i really can't stand them because i'm like dude you have the only black owned studio you're making good money and yet for some reason your movies keep Getting worse and worse, but you don't have a writer's room. He doesn't have a writer's room? No. He writes everything himself. Oh. Every movie. So it probably shows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like every movie. So he every, could, he could be employing all these black writers. Yep. And, and doesn't. Yeah. He writes it. And he says, it's because my viewers want to hear my voice. No, they don't, bro. Yeah. They they want to hear Medea's voice, but, but anybody he, can do Medea. And you know what? 
Would you say Medea is kind of a ripoff on, I don't know if ripoff's the right word, but a take on, on Martin Lawrence? Yes. You know, I mean, yes. Because he, like he Big played, Mama's House? Big Mama's well, House? Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking even, yeah. even more, like on Martin. Oh, like he, the he played, and everything? Yeah. He played a bunch of characters in that. I would, honestly. Maybe it's probably English yes. style too, like the British humor. I would say, like, all right, so Martin did it first because, you know, you had Dragonfly Jones, yeah. Shanae, Roscoe, and then. I would almost say the Nutty Professor did it next. Right. So um, right there. But then again, I might give him a pass because kind of the same thing happened yeah. in the original Nutty Professor, like where one guy played right. two characters. Like but Jerry then he did Lewis. Yeah, it was Jerry Lewis. Okay. Yep. Right. But then he did more characters, like with his version. But I'll give him a pass on that, number one, because they both kind of came up in the same era yeah. anyway. But then Medea popped off, and you're everyone. Like, I wonder, everyone. was that more of a ripoff of Big Mama's House or Larry Johnson, Grandma Mom? Ooh, because he's built like Grandma Mom. Right. <laughs> like, almost look exactly like Grandma yeah. Mom, too. Yeah. Like, same wig? Same, yeah, same dress almost, too. Like, with that yeah. flower dress. Seems, oh, wow. Larry Johnson better get some royalties. Honestly... Well, or Plus, allows the morning to just get it for have it to hang out with. I mean, Larry Johnson. You know, I, I was a. I'm, Al I was, Houston. I, that was my era too. Like that era of yeah. basketball when I first came up. So, oh man, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, I think we've made a lot of discoveries so far. Yeah, this is a wow. <laughs> I think we broke a lot of a I, lot of things. I don't know how here. many people have made the grandma Badia connection? <laughs> This is this is good. This is interesting. I'm glad we came to a college. Yeah. So we can. This is intellectual can, discussion. Know, yeah. Like, this is this is academia right here. This I know. Is what this and, is. You know, we should be on scholarship. Right? Honestly, yeah. I, th- we should get a Nobel Peace Prize for this. Like, <laughs> All right. we. I think <laughs> we. That. I think, and not to mention, we made like the Tyler Perry, Larry the Cable Guy connection here. Yeah. I think we just destroyed racism a little bit. <laughs> I think so. I think just a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Imagine if we were around like '64. Yeah. Do, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Do we were. This would have been it. Like this is this is the connection that. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X always wanted. Like, okay. this, is, exactly. this, is what, this is what they wanted, man. Well, I got to ask, what do you know? Because we just met. Yes. Uh, I've got you on a show in Watkins Glen in April. Which I'm and, super excited and for. And you reached out to me. Yeah. Uh, through, I think, Hal Stewart. Yep. From Mason. Uh, yep. Told you to get a hold of me. Yeah. What do you know about me? Like, when, because you had to have done some research before doing this podcast. No? Well, oh, actually, no. I, I listened idiot. to a couple. I, I listened to a couple podcasts okay. before, so I listened to a couple podcasts. And I'm like, all right, this is going to be a fun one. podcast. Yes, <laughs> I listened to it, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to be a really, this is going to be fun. And everybody, and this is not me blowing smoke up yeah. your ass, but everybody who either knows you or have heard of you, so it's like, oh no, he's a really cool dude. So I'm like, all right, cool. I could just really, because like you know, in comedy, dude, sometimes you don't know what the people are going to be like. Yeah. You know. Because egos come into play. Like, yep. That's the one thing I can't stand in comedy is egos. Like I look at comedy the same way like uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant looked at basketball. Right. Like it's not – this is not something, a vehicle to get you from point A to point B in your life. This is like what you do. Like this is who you are at the end of the day. And you got to respect it. If you respect it the right way, there's no room for ego here. Like no. if you if you really are all about the craft, there's no room for ego well, because think, you're always going to feel like you're I at think the if you let your ego lead the way – you're either going to be extremely successful yeah. or you're going to no burn out. Yeah. Nobody's going to want to work with you. Yeah, no, and I don't I had to I had to check myself on that. Like Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, like yeah. 2019, I you, nothing will humble you more than a few bad sets. Yeah. Nothing will nothing will bring you down to earth more than Especially a few bad sets. Especially if they're in a row. Oh, yeah. That's the one. Those yeah. are the ones. But then you need those a couple times and I needed that cuz I was like I was feeling myself a little bit. I'm like, "Oh, I'm getting shows here. I'm yeah. doing this that, and the third. But then those couple, you know, bad sets. And then my friend came to me. He was like, yo, you need to do this, that, and the third. 
And I was like, oh, I'm still a student. Like, I'm still, I'm not where I thought I was. And that's the thing. Like, you're never, I mean, I'm, I've, I've been in it twice as long as you. Mm-hmm. You're, and so I, I don't know how much, you know, I can speak to it. But I don't think you're been ever, ever going to master it. You know, it's no. like you can always learn something. Dude, I watched Kevin Hart's uh, documentary and you could tell he's still learning how to do this. Yeah. Like, he has a, he has a, a system he has a process, and it works for him, but you can tell he's always trying to make that process better. And he's pushing 25, 30, right? Yeah. No, he's 40. He's in his 40s. No, no. I mean, Oh, how many years he's yeah, doing this? Yeah. Yeah, maybe 30. Maybe 30, because I think he started when he was, like, right out of high school. So he hasn't been doing this super long, man. Like, he's been doing it long. I think he's been doing it about the amount of time that I've been alive. Right. So, you know, like, you, you're always going to be a student. You need to understand that. I, and now I enjoy that. Like, I don't want to ever feel like I have this mastered. Because as a kid with ADHD and was in the gifted program, I get bored easy. So I need to feel like I'm constantly learning how to do something better to keep me, like, locked in. I'm at this point in my life where I'm like, yo, if it's not stand-up, I'm probably not. If it's not comedy-related, I'm probably not even paying attention. What did you study in school? I was actually a journalism major. Me too? Uh, see? Yeah. 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 So I was a journalism major because what I wanted to do was just have cool experiences. That's all I wanted. And and one day I just woke up and I'm like, what do you want to do with your life? I want to meet cool people, go cool places, and do cool things. Journalists do all that. That's yeah. kind of like in the journalist job description. So I did it and I loved it. And I was a journalist for a little bit. And then I got laid off. Where? Where? Uh, uh, Sun Gazette. The oh, Sun Gazette. Sun Gazette told yep. me I would. This. Oh man. Oh, I, gonna got, be I got a little grudge with them. Oh, well, so I worked, I worked at the Lock Haven Express. Yeah, yeah, like so, our sister paper, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, I came from Binghamton, mm-hmm. Preston Song, worked there for a month, mm-hmm. worked for about two years, like 21, it was like 21 long months oh, yeah. at, in Lock Haven. There was a sports writer position open at Williamsport, mm-hmm. and I tried to get there. The editor there said I would never get a job at the Williams Sports Sun Gazette because I didn't have a quote unquote Division One education. What? Because I didn't go to Penn State or Indiana or you know those are the two schools what? they had in staff. So never they I said went it to never was there. Right. Like, so I now they might have just said that because they, it was nicer than saying you know you suck or your writing's not good. But I ended up getting a job in Baltimore mm-hmm. instead of that, and then I. Uh, got a job at the Annapolis Capitol. Which I feel like was a better gig anyway. Yes. Yeah. And I, I was at 24, I was a manager. I was an editor on staff, and my writing was better, and it was a bigger paper, and yeah. probably paid better than Williamsport. Oh, yeah, no, dude. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. But the Williamsport song is that lit a fire under my ass. I'm like, yep. fuck you guys. Yep. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yep. And I, you know, I lost touch with everybody there. I wasn't friends with them anyway. But, yeah. you know, I don't know what those guys are doing. But oh, yeah. always had a lot of respect for the paper, but yeah, not but the, the staff. It's kind of the same yeah. thing. And honestly, it's it, that's kind of what pushed me into comedy a little bit more because I got, I got laid off. I had like this weird position in my life. I'm like, holy shit! I am 25 years old. I've I've gotten laid off from a job. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, my the world's supposed to be my oyster right now. I have college debt because you told (laughs) me the world's gonna be my oyster, and I'm like, okay, what am I gonna do now? And I was already doing open mics and comedy back then, and I was like, okay, what'd you do as as a reporter? Like, were you? I was. I was everything. I was. Yeah, I was new. I was new side. So you were able to do stuff at night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I and I, I remember I was covering like 
like city council meetings and getting out of there as fast as possible to get to an open mic oh, like right God. after. Like I was still wearing my like business city clothes. City council meetings. The suck. worst. The worst. Thankfully, I only had to do those when I was in college. Yeah. Because you, you'd have to go and sit in on something. You had to learn how to do it. Yeah, because yeah. I was a sports writer. Yeah, no. So yeah, I, I, I got some a little bit more of the fun assignments. Oh, yeah. But always second shift. And like, I got oh, lucky. Oh, God, that would have that driven me nuts. And I got lucky because I was always going to Civil War. So the one council meeting was always Thursdays. Okay. But it was literally right around the corner from my house. So, because it was in my city. So yeah. I was like, uh, well, my mini city. Yeah. So, once again, air quotations. Williams Sports on the map. That's yeah, the city. Yeah, well, yeah. Got a little well, league. Well, that's the thing, though, that a lot of people don't, don't get it. South Williamsport's on the map. Well, see, here's the thing. Yeah. My mailing address, I could literally put Williamsport, South Williamsport, or Du Bois Town. And it all comes. Okay. That's the weirdest thing. So I was in, I had to cover the Du Bois Town City Council and I would literally dip out a little, no lie, I would dip out like maybe. Who cares now? Right. You off? Oh yeah. No, I would, yeah, fuck that shit. Okay, I left early. <laughs> I don't care. I left early and I would go back to my house and I'd be like, all right, yo, like I'm ready to go. And then I'll get my set ready. I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to talk about. Boom, boom, boom. And then I would just go and I would just like blow off everything. Yeah. Like I would actually write the article as the meeting was going so I could save time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would send it before right I left running. the building. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. And then I'm out, you know? But like when I got laid off, my wife, my wife is amazing. And she looked at me and she knew that I wanted to do the, yeah. the Billtown Comedy Festival. She knew I wanted to do it. So she was like, okay, here's what you're going to do you're not going to get another job. And I'm like, oh? She was like, no. One, it was almost summer anyway. Yeah. So she was like, we need somebody at home to watch our daughter. So you're going to take this summer. You're going to work on the festival. You're going to work on comedy. Get as good as you can. Keep polishing it. Keep coming up with new material. Write your ass off. That's your new job. Yeah, and that's And this is what you do. And I'm like... Are you sure? She's like, absolutely. Do it. I believe in what you're doing. Go get it. And you married like, the right woman. That's what I'm, yo, I'm telling you. Like, I'm telling you. Like, I don't know anybody. I don't know parents that would, that believe that deep in someone's I dream. have two parents and they don't believe that deeply. <laughs> I mean, I was telling my parents, I'm the black sheep. Now, yeah. my mom and my dad both believe in me now, but I had to, <laughs> I had to show them that I knew what I was doing a little bit. Right. Like, and they're like, all right, I mean. When I first told them I wanted to do comedy, they're like, oh, you want to tell jokes? Fine. Because I come from a family of natural storytellers and joke yeah. tellers. My dad and his brother literally caused my cousin to be born. How's that work? Okay. So this is what happened. I love this story. My Aunt Rona, I love my Aunt Rona. She's like, to me, she was like the funniest person in my family. Is the funniest person in my family. She was pregnant with my cousin. By the way, we have a weird thing with our names in my family. My cousin Rona was pregnant with my cousin Roche. And I have a cousin named Roche. Oh yeah, definitely. Well everybody does. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> but um so she was on the phone with my dad, who has the same name as me, and his brother, Abdul. So they're cracking jokes. Rabdul. Well, yeah. all right. Here's the thing. He's he's my dad's half brother. Okay, okay. So, so that's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now my dad's full pair. Well, they're. I mean, they don't really believe in the whole half brother thing. But my dad's, the three siblings that all have the same mother and father are Rashid, my dad, 
Rosalind and Rona. So we all have yeah. our thing. But she's on the phone with my dad and my my Uncle Duel. We just call him Uncle Duel. And they're cracking jokes, having her dying. And she's like, y'all stop. Y'all go and make my water braid. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. And she's like, he's like, all right, I thought fine. you were talking about conception. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, this is, this is, this is going to get weird. I was like, this is a much less interesting story. Now. <laughs> this is going to get really interesting. <laughs> but um, nah, so she was like, you go make my water braid. And he was like, all right, all right, fine. So they hang up. Five minutes later, Whoosh. Oh no! And she just here go shit, damn it! And the best part was I was just born, so as they're wheeling my mom out the hospital, they're wheeling Rona in, and oh they pass God. each other. That's funny. Yeah, so she was like, "What you doing here, Rona? About to give birth? What you doing here, Tanya? Just gave birth, and that was it. Like my mom was a Spartan about it. She actually kicked everyone out the delivery room. <laughs> My, so, what's your wife do? My wife is a nurse. I don't even. She's basically like a float pool nurse. So she does everything, like whatever it was. You could drop over with a heart attack yeah. right now, and I would just go like, "Yo, get so in she here!" As well, you know, financially. So we have season passes to Universal. If that means anything, <laughs> which universe like Florida? Yeah, we're going back. You understand? You don't live in Florida, right? Yeah, I know. Okay. That's the best part. All right, just checking. We're we're actually going back at the end of February. God, dude, what's the Mardi Gras celebration? And TLC is playing, and I want to see oh, TLC. Yeah. So bad, but Feb, but February first, the roots are playing, and I'm missing it. I'm Wait, is it did they still go by Left Eye is dead, right? Mm-hmm. But they're still TLC. So did they get another L? Nope, <laughs> it's just them two. That doesn't <laughs> seem. I, I guess they probably ended on. I mean, I mean, uh, and a, a Tupac hologram for every show would be true. really expensive after a while. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, like I don't know, maybe like a cardboard cutout. Can we do that? I don't like, know. That's, that's, it was weird. That's, that's like, strange because it was like <laughs> I don't know. What are their names? Like I don't. I you, got Chili, you got Chili. You got Chili T Boz. That's right. Yeah. I don't think I would have ever gotten them. I was I also don't. I was yeah. also raised on them. I just <laughs> I just mom. remember waterfalls and. Oh yeah, which uh, I just found out the second verse is about HIV and I didn't even know that. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, I just found well, that out. When's last time you? I mean, it's been a while since I watched the music video. But I haven't. I've, I've oh, it's all about STDs. Yeah, I didn't even know. Song. I didn't even know that. Watch after. In fact, your wife's gonna wait downstairs. Yeah, we're gonna watch this. <laughs> we'll, we'll watch the video for Waterfalls. Yeah, I, that's that's one because I think people in the video fade away. Oh, I wow. So. And yeah, it's it's a pretty deep song. And you know what's funny? But you wouldn't think so if you just hear it on the radio. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I think. Kendrick Lamar got a concept about that, like because he has a song called "Sing About Me, I'm Dying of Thirst." The whole first section of the song is one song called "Sing About Me," and it's about people who are doing things and they die, like but how they die, like in the verse is how their verse ends. Yeah. So like the first verse, the, die, the dude dies by getting shot. So like he's in the mid sentence, and you hear three pops, and it's over. Oh wow! But then the second verse is a girl who's, like, a prostitute, and she keeps, like, saying, like, oh, I'm fine. I'm doing this because I got to do, like, I, I got to do what I got to do. And then she says, I don't need to go to a doctor. I know I'm fine. And then she says, like, I'll never fade away. But as the verse goes on, her voice starts to drop out right. until you can't hear her at all. So I'm like, um, did Kendrick get this from the, from Chase Waterfalls? Like, I'm a, I mean, I'm a hip-hop nerd. It's the dumbest thing. Like, I, I'm not. I'm a punk rock guy. So I, I know just about nothing about hip hop. I, I was in, you know, I was in my, a rock for my go to, hmm. my go to for rap when I'm trying to think about it is Coolio. That's, what? I, yeah, that's how white I am. Wait, like Coolio? I don't know. Like he's the first name who comes to mind. Coolio, Keenan and Kel intro Coolio. Yeah, I believe so. Oh like, boy. Yeah, like Gangsta's Paradise, Coolio. Oh, you I, know, I've, I've always hated that song. I, don't I know imagine why. he hates it too. I, I don't know because that he's still getting I mean, paid I mean, on I mean, that. You're right. Yeah. Mean, Dangerous Minds made a whole lot of money. And oh yeah. Weird Al, he got in a fight with him about it. Which is a dumb. 
really, dude? Yeah, You're going to fight over Weird Al? I don't know how you can hate Weird Al and get in a fight yeah. with him. Like, Seems like the, the nicest guy ever. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, dude, I get it. Like, it's easy to get mad at comedians over jokes. But, but I think, I think uh, for Coolio, I think it was Image. Yeah, you know, I guess. At that time. Yeah. And plus, I think Dangerous Minds is a pretty serious movie, and that was a serious song. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, didn't, he didn't want to joke about it. To turn it into Amish Paradise, which yeah. is probably Weird Hell's one of be, the best, best songs. songs. Yeah, I think, yeah. and honestly, I think the controversy around it probably added to it. Oh, um, easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, like, dude, I get being mad at comedians, but really? Yeah. This is what you're going to get mad about? Like, I, I got pissed over the weekend about... Can I Kobe? be honest about it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Kobe fan. He's from my area. Lower Marion and Chester went at it. Chester High basketball was such a big part of his career that he named one of his colorways of his sneakers Chester. Oh, like wow. after, And he made the colors our high school basketball team colors. And so I was I was heartbroken. And when he, when he died, for some reason... <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll call him out for it. Ari Shafir just decided to make I that don't know, thing. I don't know much about that story. I just saw it today. It was, and I just I'm not in tune with that. I, I have a, a feeling. Oh I yeah, know, it was know, bad. It was bad. He was like he deserved to die, and just went all in about it. And everybody was super pissed. Now I'm not the type. Was he of joking at all? I, if or, it, or was like, you he deserved tell. to die in his defense? Is a joke. He it, that was that was quote unquote the joke okay. it was the fact that he deserved to die. But like when. Everybody was like super pissed about it. And I'm not the guy that's like gonna make like a huge rambling Facebook or Twitter yeah. post. Like I'm not because number one, the guy that I'm at it is not gonna read it anyway. My thing is I just would rather get really good at comedy, get on the same show as you, and then kick you in the nuts before you go on the stage. Right. And I'm like, that's for Kobe, you son of a bitch. And just like walk <laughs> away. That's my form of revenge. But everybody was like, Don't you ever come to LA? Like, da 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 da. And I'm like, honestly, dog, you might not want to come to LA. Right. <laughs> and he actually today made his Twitter private. Oh no. It was bad. It was really Bad. Wasn't like, Ari like not on social media for a while? Like, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing. I didn't even follow Ari. I was never a huge Ari fan because I'm not a huge Joe Rogan fan. Right. Like so, because I can't get the fear factor out of my head. Like when I think of Joe Rogan, I can't. Get I, fear I think news radio. Yeah, see, I can't. That's Joe Rogan for me. Or DMT, and I can't get it out of my oh, head. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't want to think about eating like blended squid and taking LSD when I'm trying to laugh. <laughs> it's weird. But um, yeah, they got into it. It, it, I was like, yo, this is going to be really bad. And his defense was, I say mean things when people die about celebrities. It's what my fans want. And I'm kind of like, okay, dude, but you started that president. You did this. Yeah. You, you can't get mad at anyone. You did this. And the whole thing, he didn't even say sorry. And I'm like, dude, you could at least apologize to like Kobe's wife. I forget the exact joke, but uh, Anthony Jeselnik mm. is known for that. Like people will... If you have a tragedy, people will watch what he's doing on Twitter. Yeah. He only tweets when something happens. Mm. There was something else that happened. Uh, it was some trivial thing that happened the day Kobe Bryant died. Mm. And Jeselnik said something like, this day just got so much worse or something like that. Or, or oh, just yeah. when he thought today couldn't get any worse. Right. And it was like, it wasn't a joke about Bryant. It was just about like bad things like, happening yeah. today. Yeah. And see, yeah. that's okay. And that, I, I think get that's, that's the right funny. Way. I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, no, that's and, fun. And again, yeah. if, if Jeselnik's audience expects him to make this joke about Kobe Bryant and he misdirects him. That's even, even better. better. Yeah, yeah. That, that's great. I love, I don't, that night, that because that was still the night of the Grammys. Yeah. And I was trying to find any way to make myself laugh. Because, like, I, no lie, when I found out about it, I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I called my mom. I called my dad. And my dad, we have NBA players in our family. So, like, we kind of know, like, that group. 
And my dad, who was super strong, super, he, he's a Spartan. He, he's like, yo, I don't really, I don't even want to talk about it. Because I called him. I was like, I don't even, even want to talk about it. So that night was the Grammys. And I'm watching the Grammys, and I'm trying to think of anything to make myself laugh. And the thing that made me laugh the most was watching the rage rise in Lizzo's face yeah. as Billie Eilish kept winning everything. And the first thing, I'm like, yo, Lizzo's going to catch Billie at a Grammys after party and beat the shit out of her for this. <laughs> and I made a meme about it, like, just to make myself laugh. I didn't even, I think I posted it on Facebook, but I just ended up sharing it with my wife and her daughter. And the only audience that matters. The only audience that cares. <laughs> they the, cares. Yeah. I, I positive. You went next. <laughs> Look, I run a lot of my jokes by my wife, right. and she'll tell me if something works. You better. Or she's yeah. paying your salary. Oh yeah, no. I well, <laughs> well, that and some of my jokes are about her. I have a whole yeah. joke about how she fell asleep in a really awkward position, because like you know, if you fall asleep really deep, you end up in a position you don't normally sleep in. Yeah. She was like just laid out, um, laid out. I was like, honestly. The first thought, I was like, oh, my God, she's fucking dead. Like, that's yeah. my – and I'm like, I know I'm going to go to jail for this. I know I know I'm going to get blamed for this. And in the joke, I was like, I was waiting for any sign of life. I've never been so happy to hear my wife fart in her sleep before. <laughs> like, and I told her, I'm like, I'm going to say this on stage. And she was like, that's yeah, funny. Go ahead. Like, and there you go. that's my wife. So she'll tell me if something's funny. And to keep me humble, her oldest daughter doesn't laugh at shit. I said, doesn't laugh. She doesn't care. She got dealt with once because she heckled a performer and has hated stand-up comedy ever oh, since. Okay. I'm like, get over it. You're 23. Yeah. Come on, man. So tell me a little bit more about the Billtown Comedy Festival. Yeah. Um, this is the first year or second year? First okay. year. It's basically celebrating the DIY uh, spirit of comedy. Love it. I love the idea of getting different comedians from different places. And in these some of, some of these submissions, we're getting people from Arizona, Seattle. like tech, We're getting people from all over the place. We get them together. We put them on a lot of different shows. You know, we try to curate it not by, like, style. I mean, not by uh, popularity, but by style. Like, what... Who are you as a comedian? We watch your submission. We're like, okay, you would go good on the All-American stage if you're doing like that blue collar kind yeah. of thing. Or you're going to go on the chess club stage if you're like really nerdy and like intellectual humor. We just really wanted to bring everybody together and just celebrate that, give everybody a chance to shine, especially the younger guys. Because we know in a scene as small as ours, it's hard to like really – Get out there. And one way to really get out there is to get on a festival. Yep. So we wanted to make sure that people could get into one and, you know, have that ability to like say, like, hey, I did this. And, you know, so we really wanted to do it. The DIY nature of the festival kind of just happened on its own. We we had a sponsor at first and then they pulled out. And shout out to John Yogodinsky at Art House Projects. Our house is a great place. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you I know, know I, I did one show there. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I opened. Uh, I worked with Kevin Siebert. Oh, Siebert. Yeah, and he's on the chess stage, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. He's gonna. He's definitely gonna. <laughs> we have this thing where every time Siebert goes, it's like Kevin Siebert, and everybody who knows knows him goes Siebert and makes a bird noise. Oh jeez. We don't know why. We think it's because it's funny to get super hyped with somebody with like that deadpan of yeah, energy. Yeah, yeah. But he he said like, listen, I believe in what you guys are trying to do. I want you to succeed, so I'm going to let you run run this through us. Like, run this through our house nonprofit, and we're going to make this happen. That's great. Yeah, and he, I'm like, dude, you believe in us that much? Because he was the first person I asked about. Because if you ever do comedy in Williamsport or in the Lycoming County area, our house is ground zero. 
like that's where we all go. That's where we all start. That's where everybody Billy comes Kelly from. Did, too. Yeah, Billy Kelly. Yeah. Shout out to Billy Kelly because he actually won uh, the Road to Billtown Comedy Fest comedy competition. He won with this crazy, insane bit. Um, I, I don't even want to give up the bit because if he, if you guys need to come to the festival, because I really hope he does. When is it? It's uh, April. Actually, technically, it's going to be uh, April 16th. Yeah, the Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and then probably the Sunday. Okay. So April 16th to possibly the 19th. Anyway, John believed in us, and I said, like, all right, well, I don't want to do something like this by myself. Not only because it's going to be a lot of work, but because I love teamwork, especially in comedy. So I got, I got a lot of my friends, Cassidy Gray, Chris Williams, and Chris Williams is hilarious. So super funny. I mean, they were all really good, yeah. but... Tim Kanesbauer, Yeti Kirsnowski, great guy, Josh Dway, Joshua Dway. We all got together and we did all this stuff and we just kind of put it together. And now we're about to have our first festival and it's going to be a great time. I mean, obviously the plan is to make this yearly, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I want I want this to be a thing that we can we can always do every year. Something not as childish as the Little League World Series every year. Right. Like cuz when you live in that city, dude, literally drains you. It I went to the Little League World Series twice, I think. And I, that's me too. Great. Yep. Yeah, I, I like. I'm I'm a big big baseball fan. Like yeah. Little League as a sport. I had the museum's editor, fun. I had an editor who hated Little League just because the commissioner made so much money. Yeah, honestly, like, yeah, that, yeah. It's like, a little weird, right? Like he, he made like two or three hundred thousand a year. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's weird. Like, but you still have all these fees. Yeah, a lot of times I think the fees go to his salary. I wouldn't be surprised. No. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I do love the museum. The museum is yeah, fun. It's, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like so. You know, we, we wanted something to give back to the city in, like, a way that, like, really adds to not, like, something to do but, like, culture. Yeah. You know? Like, we wanted to make this a thing for people to say, like, I want to hear an art form that you don't normally get to hear. We have some bands in the area. We have, like, some really big orchestra-type things. And we have, like, plays and stuff. But, like, nothing is as honest as stand-up comedy is. Right. And I wanted that. I wanted that part of culture to get to, like, the ugliest, weirdest, most honest parts about human nature, which is what I love about comedy, and just share that. How many venues are you going to have? Just, just our house? <laughs> no, actually, we're not. Right? Yeah, no, no, because yeah. our house is pretty small. Yeah. We're actually, we're looking at a lot of different places. We're going to have some restaurants that we like to go to. We're actually looking at running out every available banquet hall at a hotel that we go oh, to. Great. So that's, like, five, five, six rooms. I would suggest trying to get a hotel as a sponsor. Yeah, yeah well, that's get, a hard. Maybe part. get room deals. Well, we we can get we we can get room deals. Problem. The hard part is getting the ones in the area to sponsors because they're all super corporate. Okay. So that's the, that's the hard part. But I mean, I, and honestly, I definitely want to invite you to come because we That'd actually be want. Yeah, because we we want to film podcasts like record oh, podcasts. Yeah. So this will be dope. We're gonna have Drunk Bill explains there. We're gonna have Bill Russell. Yeah, you know I Bill? No, I don't. Uh, I I work with Zach Hammond. Oh, okay, okay. And Zach, uh, I think Which Bill has a man guy. crush on Zach Hammond. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no, yeah. I, I have to Who reach out. Does it? I, I think I'm going to reach out to Bill tonight uh, yeah. to see if he wants to record something tomorrow. Yeah. If I'm going to go to Lewisburg, yeah. I think oh, I want to. I want to knock him out too. Yeah, sure. No, yeah. I, and honestly, uh, Zach, shout out to Zach Hammond. He's a good dude. Like, eh. the, <laughs> it's debatable. <laughs> that's debatable. <laughs> There's no way he argues that. Yeah, no, no that's the best. That's the best part. <laughs> that's the best part. He's like. 
that's, he's gonna hear this and go like, fair. that's fair. Yeah, no. Um, the good, that, but he he adds to that culture I was talking yeah. about before in the scene where like we're super helpful. There's been times in the past couple months where I'm just like, because he's bigger than me, like he knows more, he's been more, oh, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, yo, dude, what should I do about this? What do you think about this? And he'll give me honest feedback. Just be like, the one thing I like, yeah. I mean, I like a lot of things about Zach. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll bad mouth him. <laughs> I like the fact that I can bad mouth him to his face, and he's like. Okay. Yeah. So, and like, but we, we have a pretty good give and take. Yeah. But what I respect most about Zach is that he will be completely honest if you want it. Yep. And yep. He, he does, you know, he'll hold some stuff back if, mm-hmm. if he, you know, he'll, he will think about. He'll think about your feelings. He, he will. Because yeah. he is a really nice guy. Yes. Yes. But he just comes off as not a nice guy. That's his persona. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, he's a sweetheart. Yes. If he wants to let you know that he is one. Well, and that was the first time that I had to learn about that in comedy. He was my first lesson in who you see on stage is not who no. you are in no. real life. Like, because when I saw him on stage, I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be a dick. Like, he's going to hate me. He's never going to. And then I see him after that show that I saw him at. Because, like, the first time I saw him, he had a joke. And everybody's hyping him. I was like, oh, that's Zach Hammond. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm not going to let him feel like he's the biggest dude in yeah. the room. So I wrote a joke before I went up talking about, like, his stuff. He had a joke about credit card debt. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I wrote it. I'm like, people where I'm from deal with credit card debt like they deal with baby moms. Like, they call you, it's like, you owe me $20, you owe me $47, da, 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 da. and they're like, bitch, you better take this $20 and get on somewhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I just was, like, doing that, but, and then after, we were just talking, and he was like, you got to do this, you got to yep. do that. Ever since then, I'm like. He's been in it for a decade. Yeah, he, you know? yo, yo. And, and he works, there's probably somebody who does work harder in the area, I don't know. Yeah, if you there know, is. I'm fortunate that. Maybe he's just not likable enough for people to book him, but, so I can book yeah, him all. Which, <laughs> so, is, which works so, out. Yeah. Absolutely. It works out well for me. Yeah. I love hanging out with him, and I love watching him work. What yeah. I like with him most is that he will lose a room and get him back. Yes. It's, it's, yeah. it's a skill. Dude, I've seen him do it time and time again yeah. at uh, Civil War, and yeah. I love watching him do it. Because like, he'll come up with the craziest left field you shit. You almost think he does it on purpose. Right. To, like, he has to. Change the level of difficulty. Yeah, like just to like test himself. And I'm like, he takes it all the way out here, take, takes it to the left, and then just brings it back yeah. in out of nowhere. I'm like, how did you get everyone in this room back on board with the idea of punting your kids across the street. How did you do that? Like, I'm like, I can barely keep them on board with me through a fart joke. Like, <laughs> But he's like, no, like, don't vaccinate your kids because a plague might be good for the planet. And I'm like, holy you know, he's shit. Got a point. Yeah, I'm like, wow, that's funny and, inform- and, and <laughs> informational. Like, how? What's been the hardest part so far with the, with the festival? <sighs> the hardest part, just the coordinating. Yeah. The coordinating. We have a lot of ideas and just getting them done because the comedians believe in what we do. It's getting the surrounding businesses to buy in. That's always going to be anybody who ever listens to this and wants to plan a festival, always be prepared for that. Be prepared for the other businesses to not believe in your vision because they think what they have going on is working and there's nothing that you can add. And that's not true. Like, you know, like especially in 2020. Everyone loves stand-up. Yeah. Like, everyone loves comedy. But that was always the hard part, getting getting people to buy in. But that just fuels that that DIY thing. It's like it's like the, the Ghostbusters 2 song by Bobby Brown. We've got to do it on our own, man. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I'm no, you know digging what? a nose crates. I don't think – I own Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I have not seen I, – I probably have seen the second one. I know I haven't seen the first one since I was a kid. 
I, so yeah. I don't remember. I need to go back and watch them. Me, I'm a huge, because I, I mentioned it before, I'm a huge Universal fan. My wife and I, we took our kids down to uh, Universal for Halloween Horror Nights. And they did a haunted house based on the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. So in order to get my daughter ready, because she's, she's nine, we I had her watch the original Ghostbusters. She had seen the new one with like Kristen Wiig, which got so yeah. much hate. And I'm like, no, I thought it was good, but whatever. But I, I had her watch the original, and I was so upset because she was like, eh, the new one's funnier. Ah, oh, no. I'm like, come on. No. Like, it's funny. Like, the new one's funny, but this is Bill Murray. Like, yeah. this is Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Yeah, come on, son. Like, These are legends. Come on, dog. Like, this is, ah, uh, it broke my heart. It broke my heart, but... Yeah. You know, it was it was pretty dope, man. Like, so I've always been about those movies. I'm I'm about the weird older movies. Do you remember the worst show you've ever had? <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Chris Mohan show. Okay. I, I opened up for him, and everything I was throwing fell flat. How early were you into stand up? Maybe like a year, okay. two. Uh, yeah, no, it was about, yeah, about like yeah, a year. And everything I threw at the wall, stuff. I threw all my best stuff. I threw all my best stuff, but for some reason, my heart wasn't there that day. Yeah. Like, you know, you know how it is. Your heart's it, it, gotta be it, in it. There's a chemistry into it. Yeah, you gotta be feeling it, man. Like, either you have to go into it ready or somebody has to talk you in. And I didn't have either one. So I was like, ugh, all right, let's just do this. And I'm like, let's see if I can white knuckle it through. And I couldn't because I threw all of my best. I have a, a joke about avocados because I have a death, I have a vendetta against avocados. I hate avocados. Is it trendy? No, because they're. Awful, they're gross. Oh, I don't like guacamole. I hate like, those too. I've never, I've never I, I don't it. like the texture of it. Nope. Uh, yeah, nope. I, I'm never gonna buy an avocado. Man, no, and I, which is weird because my wife loves avocados. She's white. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. She's a white woman. She has to. I think that's science. So okay, so I, I do. I do believe that. So now I have it confirmed. Because yes. this is what the black community thinks. Y'all just never admitted it before. No, no. Trust me. They just haven't asked me. Okay. So you just, I like, you're just honest about it. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. So. No, I believe that. I believe I'm a punk rock guy. Yeah. And I, I think that bleeds into everything I do. Mm-hmm. And when I see everybody, I mean, it hasn't been that long since avocados are like the big thing. Yeah. It's no one cared about it before. Yeah. Yeah. They've okay. always been around. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit. Yeah. No, no one wanted them. Yeah. Like, it was like. And now avocado toast comes around. Yeah, what it's the not fuck just is that? Millennials. It can't just be. No, I, I know like, a lot of older people who do. I've never, and you know, maybe I just need more black friends, but I've never seen a black person talk about avocado toast. I don't know any. Yeah. I, I don't know any. Like, my mom don't do that shit. Yeah. Like, no. Look, you need more black friends, period. Because, <laughs> I, need, I need more friends, period. Well, well see, I need the right friends. <laughs> like, because I've had friends, and then I'm like, ah, you're all right, I guess. But you won't let me, you won't, you won't come with me to a comic book shop. You know, fuck you, man. Like, and I just stopped talking to them. Maybe they need blank man comics. Oh, shit, dude. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that already exists. I feel like there's got to be somewhere. Keenan Ivory Wayne's probably had, you know, some free time. I think he wrote it. Yeah. Maybe not. I know Damon Wayne's in it. Maybe not, actually. <laughs> Damon Wayne's was in it and David N. Greer. Yeah. David Alan Greer. So I'm thinking that Lemmy Color had something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Speaking of, actually, after, I'm, after I leave here, I'm actually going to stop by Walmart. Yeah. Um, because they Tommy. Here. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, they have one everywhere. Yes, <laughs> um, but, but Tommy Davidson came up with a new book. About really? uh, yeah, his auto, his bi- autobiography, okay. and it's all about living color. Oh Apparently, there's a whole section about how uh, Jamie Foxx was a dick, and he I almost believe it. and he almost fought him. 
Okay. On the set of a uh, on the set of Booty Call. Oh, yeah. which okay. that movie. I don't. I would have fought somebody that. just for being in it. I don't think I saw that one. Don't. It's yeah. so weird. Jamie Foxx plays a character literally named Buns. <laughs> That's his name, Buns, and okay. he uses uh, he uses plastic wrap as a condom. He won an Oscar, by the way. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> Dude, the glow up is that's the, that's the real ten year. Well, it yeah. might have been more than ten years, but yeah, like so. Apparently, he tried to fight him. Apparently, Jamie Foxx was a dick for a while. I believe it. Yeah, apparently, LL Cool J like knocked the shit out of him in any given Sunday. Is he his mama? Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, no. Damn. I guess his mama told. Yeah. Damn it. Well, yeah, no, mama told him to, Sorry. and he was like, he just walked up to him, looked you, up. Do you want to talk about Coolio again? Yeah. <laughs> He, he walks up to him and was like, look, dog, it's nothing personal. My mom told me to do this shit. Like, I'm cool with you. But, you know, my mom said either yeah. whoop his ass or get your ass whooped. You heard the song in 1991. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you covered, you spoofed it on the living color. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you know how this works, dog. Like, come on, son. Actually, was that Jamie Foxx? I think it was. I think it was. I think it was. Damn, you getting your ass whooped by the wow. dude you made fun. Yeah. That's karma. Yeah. That's karma. That's like me doing a set about like how I hated kids in high school, and it just so happens the kid I'm talking about is in the audience and whoops my ass outside. <laughs> like that's which honestly is my biggest fear. Yeah. Like, I'm not afraid about my dad doing it because I have tons of dad jokes about my dad. Right. I can give this one joke away because I love doing this joke. My parents' relationship is a lot like that one season. Is a lot like that one season Robert Downey Jr. was on Saturday Night Live. Like, you don't know who the hell put this together, but you know it couldn't end well. <laughs> and then, I, like, people laugh, but then yeah. some people go like, what? I'm like, now, if you didn't know Robert Downey Jr. was on right. Saturday Night Live. He was not always Iron Man. Exactly. Well, I'm like, if you didn't know, that's fine. Because a lot like his run on the show, my parents' relationship was over very quickly <laughs> with a lot of negative reviews. Like, <laughs> So, like, my dad hates those jokes. Like, he's like, ah, oh, man, you know, if you got to make jokes about me doing, you know, go ahead. I don't care. I can whoop my dad's ass if I have to. Yeah. Like, dad, please don't ever listen to this podcast. Because <laughs> my dad is short but angry. Um, you know, my mom I'm afraid of because she's 6'2". But my biggest fear, man, is to let, my, like, one of those guys like from the from the football team hear me tell a joke about him. <laughs> and I'm like, listen, man, I can't fight you now. I got kids, bro. Like, I, just, I, I hung up them gloves when I had when – when I got married, those are my kids now. Right. And I'm not putting my kids through the trauma of watching their dad get their ass whooped. Like, that's a whole doc- that's a whole therapist bill I'm not ready to pay. <laughs> I love this conversation, but yeah. uh, if we stay any longer, they're going to charge me tuition again. Yes. And- I don't do that. I've already – I've already. My parents have paid 60 grand <laughs> send me to school. Yeah, I ain't and shit. But- they don't want another bill. <laughs> yeah, no. But I appreciate being here and, and making great. a trip up here. Uh, how can people follow along with you on social media? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, catch me on – Oh, yeah. All right. So Facebook and Instagram for the Comedy Festival, Billtown Comedy Fest uh, or Billtown Comedy Festival on, on Facebook. For me personally, you got YouTube. So I don't I just put up some random sets on there sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but that she got jokes on everything. So S-H-E-E-D got jokes on Instagram, Facebook or just comedian Rashid Wesley Jr. on Facebook, uh, YouTube. She got jokes. And yeah, when you see me in the street, say what's up. You know what I'm saying? If you just yell King Cozy, I know you know me from comedy. That was my nickname in high school. In okay. college. Yeah. <laughs> I showed up to a, a play in a robe. <laughs> and there's and they're like, yo, you look cozy, son. Were you I'm in like, the play? Yeah, yeah. Okay, they right. they told me to dress as cozy as possible. And I wore pajama pants, a stocking cap, and I borrowed a robe with a big burn mark from my iron on it. It was a huge thing. And they were like, You look so cozy, son. I'm like, nah, I'm too cozy, son. And that became my my alter ego rap name. 
<laughs> so just yell King out King Cozy. Yeah, so just yell out King Cozy when you see me. And I'm like, oh, we out here. <laughs> That's Dude, I, again, I had so much fun talking to you. This is great. Yeah, and, this uh, is great. We'll talk off campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having I'll me. I'll talk to you in like, uh, like 30 I hate, seconds. <laughs> I absolutely hate ending these podcasts because I don't know how to do it. That, it's, like ending a, it's like ending a good joke. You don't know I how to get out of it. Never had one of those. <laughs> but I'm really interested to find out what that feels like. Oh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Now. <laughs> All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. Stacked some, peeling back my sunburnt skin. I'll wait outside your bedroom. I, I hope they let me in.